everyone welcome to another episode of decoded by thredo ai uh, where we invite support leaders and community leaders to deep dive into their journeys uh, i'm your host pramod co-founder of thredo and i'm thrilled to invite britney ferguson today to the podcast um, hello britney uh, well, i'll do a short introduction and uh, we can kick start from there so britney is a seasoned customer support leader with over a decade of experience uh, she's held support leadership roles at companies like Prio Systems, Nerd Fitness, and Fracture, uh, focusing largely on enhancing customer satisfaction, um, boosting business efficiency, and streamlining communication processes. Uh, she's also been the director of event operations at Support Driven, uh, which is an amazing community for support professionals and leaders. Um, Brittany, welcome to the show. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm good, Pramir. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thanks so much uh, for joining us. Uh, let's dive into uh, the podcast, right? And I'd love to maybe start off with um, your professional background and how the journey has evolved. So curious to know, you had a diverse experience. So what inspired the transition from, uh, say, marketing to leading customer support teams, right? Like, how was the journey? And can you deep dive into that? Yeah, yeah. Um... So it's, I guess I kind of fell into it, um, kind of a good marriage of some of my background working in retail and with customers and other, um, other different types of industries, like, uh, you know, work, working at a mall, you deal with a lot of customers or just kind of helping my dad with his business, um, doing some sales. And so I just kind of had an opportunity um, working at a startup and Unfortunately, the, the startup ended up folding um, and a friend of mine, she had an opportunity that kind of came across her lap, which she wasn't really in the right position to take on um, working at Fracture, leading their customer support team. So um, she had just invited me to have a chat with the co-founders and it kind of turned into like this perfect culmination of like some of my past experiences in the direction of kind of what I wanted to do um, and, you know, gave me some really great learning experiences and opportunities uh, to grow an entire department on my own. So um, it was kind of rocky in the beginning because I didn't really know what I was doing. And I was just the one and only person to lead a support team. So mm-hmm. I just kind of had to continue my own education and, and learn about what I could in order to, um, you know, make a really good customer experience and, and build something that I thought, you know, I wanted to be proud of and that I felt um, did, a, did a really good job of being able to, you know, provide for what we needed to for the customers and then also to just help grow the company and business. Awesome. Love how serendipity helped you transition uh, there. And yeah. um, curious to know uh, how, like, you know, your early experiences in journalism and marketing, did it have any impact or like, did it help you shape your approach to support? I think so. Um, You know, I've always kind of been really intentional about the things that I do and thinking of, you know, how my past experiences have kind of shaped me and then how I want them to shape me for the future. 
So whenever I was, um, I had my background in journalism, a lot of it was just writing towards an audience. So I take that same approach whenever I'm writing to my, you know, to customers or writing customer copy. Um, you know, what is my audience? Who am I speaking with? And it just helps me focus a little bit more, um, you know, on, on making sure that their needs are taken care of. Um, then I put the most important information first, going back to the, the journalism, um, mm-hmm. you know, that we all, whenever you're learning it, you learn about the inverted pyramid style of, you know, starting off with the most important information and then kind of backing it all up. And I think that that's helped me, that's helped create a really good rapport with, um, with my audiences, um, you know, and, and working in a little bit and in a newspaper, I was the news assistant and I had to answer the, the phone to every single call that would come in to the newspaper. Um, you, you get all kinds, <laughs> you know, so it's to the general public. And so I, I really got to have a good, um, a good handle on, on dealing with all different types of personalities and backgrounds and demographics um, in, in a big populated area in Florida. So that, that was um, quite a learning experience. <laughs> um, that's amazing. You touched upon an important, uh, you know, framework there, which is the inverted pyramid, uh, right? Like, how do you uh, maybe just segueing into that? Uh, where, where, like, how can support leaders sort of uh, leverage some uh, like a topic like that um, to make their teams more efficient, or even for, from a customer standpoint? So, how have you implemented in in the past? What would be your recommendation for others? Yeah, I think um, you know addressing customers' concerns or their questions right away. You know, what are they mm-hmm. leading with? What kinds of um, what kinds of things are they looking to solve, or how are they using your product? And when you kind of get a really good handle on being able to interpret what it is that they're looking for, um, you can you know you can approach a a pretty meaningful way of being able to respond. Um, but you know, like any any good journalist, um, if you don't have all the answers that you need in order to provide you know facts or or what you need to your audience, um, mm. asking a lot of clarifying questions. Or, um, you know, if you think you have an idea, you could start off by saying, you know, I think that, you know, what you're saying and how I'm interpreting it um, looks this way. Can you let me know if I'm if I'm on the mark or not? Or, you know, is there something else that um, that I can kind of help direct you to where we need to go? It's a mutual relationship. Like it's beneficial where, um, you know, if you are looking at the metric side, you want to be as fast and efficient as possible so that you can move on and help the next person in line. Um, but at the same time, you want to still offer a really good, solid solution where somebody knows that this company, their support team, they're experts, they know their product, they know exactly um, how to handle a customer interaction. And then they also know, you know, they know who I am and I feel good about using their, their company or their product. So building a lot of that brand loyalty, um, it, it just all kind of comes together in a lot of those interactions. Got it. Yeah, awesome. And and you mentioned that in your experience when you started out, because initially just you trying to like set this up. So uh, I'm I'm curious to um, go deeper into how support evolves. Like you know, as a support leader from like the early stages where that it's a small team and and you're pretty much like you know handling mul- or donning multiple hats. Um, and and as you scale, like how does uh, your role? Uh, evolve over time, right? And and also across industries, like, is there, like, how do you structure support teams at different stages 
um, and also mm-hmm. let's say e-commerce versus like other industries like you know how um, how does it differ or your how has your experience been around that um, great question. I, I think that overall, um, because my experience is more in, in startups than they're usually typically kind of the smaller teams, mm-hmm. um, I've gone from leading, you know, a team of myself <laughs> yeah. up to teams where I've had like eight people, um, mm-hmm. you know, that mm-hmm. have been kind of working with me. So it's, I think that it kind of, you know, yeah, it does kind of depend. It kind of depends on the model of the industry that you're serving. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whenever I started off, I started off in e-commerce and I grew the team to, um, you know, about, I think there were six of us. Um, and it, it kind of became, you know, at the time this was like, you hire when it hurts, mm-hmm. <laughs> when you can't really kind of perform the functions of, of the role, or at least like something, something's kind of, um, you know, sacrificed a little bit. So yeah. I, I've always approached, um, you know, you didn't know how to forecast then I had to learn how to forecast, figure out, you know, what, what are our, our goals going to be for our sales? What is our typical hire seasons? You know, how much marketing budget are we spending? So developing a lot of relationships with the rest of the leadership team, um, you know, is, is incredibly crucial. And just having a lot of those uh, conversations with other teams, um, it kind of helped me really figure out like what, what are the needs that we need to be able to serve? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then there's some teams where I was the one and only person and, um, you know, some of, some of the better designs of like how you want a team to kind of function or how you, how you want to have like these nice to have things. Some mm-hmm. of those just might not happen, um, at the timeline that you think that you'd like to have them, you know, be implemented. So, um, there's kind of a balance. And I think that you, you know, with forecasting and then just kind of having some conversations, you can kind of figure out and know like what, what seems right uh, Mm -hmm. to be able to grow into. But, um, you know, I've pretty much mostly worked with a lot of teams that have been um, a little bit more flat structured than, than like having tiers. Um, But we've also had people who take a really good, strong interest in serving, you know, Hey, I really like doing the technical stuff. So, and I'm really good at it. So I've, I've had teams that, um, you know, somebody has been like the tech specialist, or I've had someone who really enjoyed writing content and became like our knowledge base, um, go-to person. So I think just kind of working and playing with, um, playing with what feels right, playing, meeting people and your team with where they're at and where they want to go and taking an interest in, in their growth opportunities can really kind of help shape some of those, um, you know, a little bit smaller teams where you kind of need everybody to wear multiple hats. Good. Um, so just to, if I understood it correctly, like I, I really love that the higher when it hurts, like, you know, get to a point where you need another um, helping hand and, and that's when it's the right time to hire. And once you build the team out, try and understand their strengths, uh, strengths and then sort of um, help them take on that responsibility like knowledge management or different aspects of it mm-hmm. um, to help them succeed, right? Uh, and uh, curious to know, like, you know, when it comes to like e-commerce, uh, we are in the B2B SaaS space. So I'm, I'm just curious more about the e-commerce uh, support. Like what, how, how do you see it being different or how are they similar? Like what are some nuances of um, e-commerce that make it challenging or unique in its own way? Yeah. 
Um, I think that there's, there's some challenges with, um, you know, knowing like what your, what your holiday, you know, what your, um, growth kind of schedule looks like, or when you expect, um, you know, different advertisements and things to kind of go out and dealing with, um, we, we were dealing with a physical product. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, we also printed on demand, um, in our office. And so getting to work directly with the production team, um, I think can be pretty unique. I know a lot of, you know, e-commerce companies, they, they're kind of dealing with other parties. So you're kind of, um, you know, you've got to go through a couple different chains of command in order to figure out like, you know, where customers orders at, what's kind of going on with it. Um, you know, if there's any types of material shortages, it may take a little bit longer to kind of get to, you know, hear that and then take it back to the customer. Um, I think in the space that I worked in, because it was more of a, um, a gift giving product that it became, you know, you can kind of figure out like the seasonality. It's like any, any gift giving holiday, we were going to see an influx. Um, you know, so we just make sure that our team was, you know, felt comfortable that we knew, all right, these are the things that, you know, we've, we've built up throughout the entire year. Whenever we've had downtime that we can kind of focus on some of those knowledge base docs. And then during the heightened seasons, you go through and it's just, all right, we're going to have to queue crush. But at the same time, I want to make sure that everybody is kind of balanced in what it is that they're doing so that we can try to prevent as much burnout as possible. Um, so having, having kind of like an intuition for the team on how to manage, um, you know, what's coming in and then also just making sure that, um, things are still enjoyable for the team because it can get, you know, if you, if you're, if you've got a whole bunch of podcast, um, ads that have gone out and then you've got a lot of emails coming in <laughs> or, and then you've also got to deal with maybe like, um, we were dealing with like a production problem one Christmas and so um, a lot of orders were delayed and that was um, that was a challenge. So just knowing that I think the team knew that I had their backs, um, you know, and whatever was happening and just made sure that they had the time and the space that they needed um, to be able to feel recharged, to be able to assist customers. That was one of the most important things um, to make sure that I did as a as a leader for my team. Any any other tips for leaders on how to help their team, like, you know, get out of the burnout or because support is especially like, you know, with e-commerce and, um, I, I, in my previous role, I was in online ordering for food, uh, which always peaks during, uh, national holidays and, you know, all public holidays. So, uh, it gets very tough, like, you know, um, to get, to not like, you know, feel the burnout. So any tips on how, how you were able to navigate that um yeah i think just kind of making sure that things you know enjoy the time with the team um take some good breaks especially together and you know just i think that was it was just building like our own team culture kind of within the company because different teams are kind of going through different things especially in a company um i think we were we were about a, a whole company size was about 40 people um, and so developing different relationships and rapports with other teammates that are in the company. But um, with my team, it was, you know, hey, let's, I'm going to get lunch for everybody, but also you're not expected to just sit and eat at your desk. You know, we're going to take like a couple minutes 
and you know we could play a game or we can just kind of take a little bit of a breather and just talk about you know what are some fun and exciting um, things that we've seen come through. The e-commerce was a, a photo decor company, so people upload their pictures, and so we got to share some special memories with our customers. And um, sometimes we would have like a um, you know, we, we'd share like, oh, this was one of my favorite images or, oh, I have a really good customer delight story to kind of share with you all. And if there was something that was kind of on somebody's mind that they needed to take off, um, you know, we were there to collectively kind of help that person along too. You know, if there was a, um, like a, an interaction that didn't go so well, um, you know, we, we could talk through something like that. But I think the key to how I, I envision running a support team is like, there's no judgment in, you know, when, when there is something that doesn't go well with a customer interaction, it's everything's a learning experience. So how can the team as a whole kind of collectively support that person and then move forward? And is there something else in line that we can kind of use as, um, as an understanding or, um, you know, as, as something that we can kind of change and for the positive and the way that we do things. Amazing. Yeah. So I, I think like focusing on the learning experience uh, or like treating every interaction like as an opportunity um, for like the team to learn, like is a great way to ensure that it feels like the team, like you have your back and the team also has each other's back as well. Right? Um, yes. Also as a support leader, um, you know, um, apart from like helping the team or like, you know, managing the burnout, what other challenges would you say like support leaders today um, face or you faced in the past that would be top of mind? Uh, like, I'm curious to know what are the top two or three uh, things that, that constantly like came up uh, as a challenge? Uh, let's see, top three things that have come up that I think were challenges. Um, I think, you know, trying to predict and forecast um, your staffing, it, that one comes top of mind right now. You know, we're kind of seeing a lot of um, a lot of uh, unfortunate situations where there's a lot of companies that are doing a lot of layoffs. Um, you know, I mentioned before, like hiring when it hurts. That was kind of how I, I had to function with a um, with bootstrapped support teams uh, for startups. But um you know, I think right now it's like, how do you leverage the the different opportunities that you have where you can kind of scale up what you can um, before you have to bring in um, other people? You know, there, there's so many folks out there who, um, you know, who are looking for jobs and, and new roles. And, um, you know, I, I can't really say exactly what it, what it is about every company that's kind of gotten into a position where they've had to do, um, you know, layoffs. But if there's other technologies or things that you can kind of have in place, um, you know, putting a, doing some kind of uh, automation or an AI where, um, you know, you, you can do that, but then keeping a human where a human can fulfill a role, you know, where that's needed. Um, so I think it's, there's a balance between that, um, which I think it can be kind of complicated, but um you know, having a lot of discussions with other people in the community that, you know, in the support driven community has been like my go-to for, you know, how do I do X or how do I, how do I kind of figure this out? Like, what did you, what has somebody else gone through um, to kind of help talk me through like their experience so that I can kind of figure out on my own what works best for me? 
Um, so I think number two would be the challenges are um, making sure that you keep a tight community of people who are in your industry that you can go to and lean on um, and ask for advice. Uh, and then number three, I think for as far as challenges, um, you know, there, there's so many technologies that are out there. <laughs> there's so, so many, um, so many tools, you know, and I've, I've had a lot of conversation with, with folks about, um, you know, if you're, I'm looking for a tool to do X, Y, Z, what all of you used, and then someone will come in and they'll, they'll suggest something else. And, and I kind of think like, I, I've never thought of using that in that way, or maybe it doesn't really fit exactly the scope of what I'm looking for. So, um, you know, I, I do, I think the, the easy thing is like when you want to solve a problem is finding the tool to solve that problem, but maybe not taking full account of, um, what it looks like if it, if it starts as what your problem is that you need to solve and then what that would look like if you use that tool. Um, you know, I've, I've started and stopped using so many different, um, productivity tools or things to just kind of keep myself on track and, um, you know, it's, it is kind of hard to kind of figure out like what would work best for you. But, um, you know, going back conversations, kind of learning about like what the tool is doing demos, um, you know, and just seeing, don't, don't collect too many things that will end up, um, you know, kind of sabotaging your productivity. I think that's, that's my last advice. Oh, great. I think the points you touched upon and so just to uh, recap, I think the first one is uh, how do you, I mean, it's as things get volatile, like how do you uh, forecast and get better at it, right? And I think like, you know, the, you've also gotten help from the community around, um, you know, just to figure this these challenges out. And and lastly, I like, you know, love that we are moving into the tools or technology uh, side of things. My next few questions are around that. Um, Starting off, I just have a uh, question. Do you, do you, are, you, are you hearing my dog? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, do you prefer like an all-in-one tool that does everything, or like you know, a set of few tools but who are really good at what they do? What's your preference? Yeah, um, I think there's a couple, you know, there's a couple different facets to that, um, you know, to, to looking at tools and what it is that they can kind of solve. I mean, there can be a tool where it's like this monumentous, big, deep, you know, huge tool, um, like I'll just say HubSpot, for instance. And, um, you know, there's so many, so many different elements to it. But, um, you know, if you kind of sit there and you think like this one HubSpot tool that has functionality for you know, CRM, it has, um, we can send out emails through it. We can, you know, I think they now have a, um, or they have had for a while, a, a support tool. Um, and I've had a couple of teams that I've worked with in the past who have been like, oh, hey, we can switch things over to HubSpot now. Um, you know, and, and I've kind of had like some of my, my preference tools that I prefer to use uh, for ticketing systems. And the, the way that 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 integrates with other tools that are, you know, crucial to my support teams that I've worked with. Um, I don't always think that there's like an, an all-in-one encompassing tool that you can kind of have fit for everything. Um, you know, I, I, I know a lot of people who, um, who have used like some tools to solve problems where it's like, no, you kind of do need a CRM for that. Like you can't just use, 
you know, a spreadsheet or something else that, that kind of, um, you know, works for as it works for you today, but at a scale, um, this doesn't quite make sense. So I think having, you know, if there is a good tool that does the things that you need it to do, that's great. Um, if there's something where, you know, it does, it does a couple of other things, but then you have to use something else to kind of make it a little bit more robust you know, weigh your pros and cons of, of like what the benefits are. Um, I think some of the challenges that I faced in the past are having tools that don't really, you know, either integrate really well together or, um, you know, and, I, and I'm kind of in a position where there's just like a lot of manual taking something from one and then plugging it into the next or using, um, you know, if, having too many zaps, like having having a lot of like, zap plugins or things that are kind of going through and, and doing a lot of that work, it will work up to a certain fun, a, a certain limit. Um, but whenever you kind of start sacrificing like the quality of, of what those tools are supposed to provide, I think that that's when you kind of need to go back and reassess things. Um, you know, and then you also don't want something that um, you don't want to just keep chasing after tools. It's like, well, this integrates with that. And this one integrates with that if it's not the right tool for you in the, in the long run, you know, if you're using um, like a phone system or something that's not, not the greatest or doesn't really fulfill the needs um, within the entire company, but it only works for one department. Um, maybe you need to go back and reassess, like what is the tool that would work the best? And then is there some other way that we can kind of make this function with, um, with our metrics, you know, that we're, we're pulling in from um, using this other, other type of uh, software. So I think, you know, there's the balance and, and it's just figure out your pros and cons and come up with them on your own. Um, it's kind of, I've, I've learned recently through a lot of research, um, there's a lot of paid research that's out there. So it's kind of hard to make the distinction between how something, how a tool will actually work for you, um, you know, what that software actually will provide. And you know, so doing like a demo or just talking to other people who use it and asking really good questions, I think, um, would give you a better understanding of, uh, you know, how it would fit your needs. Mm -hmm. no, I think uh, it's not either. So like, I don't think all point solutions make sense. Like, you know, and, and there doesn't exist like an all-in-one solution that does everything well as well. Your point upspot, right? Like, it, you typically use HubSpot for its core features, maybe not all of its features, right? And, and that's usually um, But I also think you brought up an important point that the tools need to integrate with your system as well. Like, it, you don't want that mm -hmm. to sort of uh, be a blocker, right? Um, I'd have to uh, move into another question regarding this. So, and, and on the topic of AI, right? Like, and you touched on uh, earlier a point that while AI and automation is important for computers to look at, but then the human element is also like super crucial, right? Um, where do you see AI, like, you know, being useful today? And what, where would you like it to be, like, you know, uh, like, how do you see, like, the AI plus human, like, you know, collaboration happen in support? What are you seeing? What, what are your learnings uh, from speaking to other support Yeah, I mean, there's, gosh, I can't think of any email that I've had from a company in the last year <laughs> that, that hasn't been like, you know, here, here's everything that we're doing now with AI. 
Um, you know, it's, it can be so overwhelming and it, it's like, you know, we, when you kind of really don't know, or you're kind of new to it, or you've kind of been like a little adverse to like, you know, I don't, what is this, um, technology? Uh, one, it's an incredibly powerful tool and, and two, um, you know, it, it does, I think that there are things to, you know, to take into account, to be as, um, as cautious about as possible. But then also like embracing some of the ways that, um, you know, different companies have, have implemented AI in their tools and software. Um, some of them I've used, you know, with, with um, productivity tools that I've, I've used for years and they've just integrated AI. And I thought like, oh, this is going to be so great because I really like their tool. I like the function, um, you know, of how everything else works. And then the AI, it's like, oh, they're, you know, they're, there could be some, some room for improvement here. Um, you know, so then it's, I just kind of sit there and it's like, all right, I'm going to wait, um, until, until that gets a little bit better, but I might provide some feedback, um, for why I'm not using that, that feature right now. Um, you know, and, and how I, I would like for it to work with me. But I think that, um, you know, if there are, there's, if there are AI functionalities that, makes sense, um, that can kind of help do some, you know, perform a function that otherwise takes up a lot of time, um, by all means use it. You know, I, I think that for the ways that I use AI, um, you know, I'll use just the, um, chat GPT and go in, um, you know, surprisingly, because I have a journalism background, I I actually a, a stronger editor and I prefer editing than I do like writing from scratch. Um, so there might be a few things where I'm, I just kind of plug in, like here's bullet points from my mind that I want to say, um, you know, but I want it to be in this format and take this previous writing sample that I've done and, and just kind of keep modifying and keep putting things together, um, you know, in order to come out with something that does actually sound like me, um, or sounds like, you know, the writing that, um, that I want to kind of convey, um, you know, or if I want to create like, um, knowledge based docs, I can do that too and have it be like, you know, set up to the voice and tone of the company. So I think in some ways it's, it can be pretty quick to be able to produce something, but um, the tool is only as good as, you know, the, the skills of the person who's kind of using it and knows how to use it. So practicing using, um, you know, how, how is this going to come out? Because you can plug something in and the very first time it comes out and it looks really great. And then you can try doing the same thing and it doesn't look, you know, it, it reads really wrong, um, you know, or maybe it doesn't have like factual information. So You've got to go through, it has to have that human element of someone who's just kind of fact checking, making sure that everything is succinct, that it actually has the message that you want it to have, um, you know, and the tone that you want it to have. I've, I've given some similar instructions um, for how I've wanted the outcome of some writing to, to look. Um, and many times I've had to go back through several times to try and modify, you know, how, how exactly I want it to sound. So, um, you know, just being cautious in how you're using it and making sure that you kind of under, have an understanding of, um, of what it takes to have a good, um, an outcome when you're using AI. 
and and do you see like uh, ai training being a core component of um, you know what support leaders should also look at like so the support teams start using ai more and more um, so where i'm going to is like ai can uh, impact both on the self serve customer facing side um, you know sort of things but also it's a great tool for support agents like how you're saying like in ads um or or based on bullet points like you know help you frame uh, a response um so like is extrapolating do you see like ai a new roles emerging new ways of like building support teams emerging from this like what are your thoughts on that yeah i i think so there's you know there's different great um tools for ai to be able to have customers uh interact with your company so if they go to your website you know there could be um you know not not just a chatbot but having something that's um allows your customer to interact with the team and then still kind of provides that on the back end to an agent where they can see you know the conversation that's taking place um again making sure that everything is like is this the information that you want to have out there um so that you don't have any types of uh hallucinations or anything else that is you know could be problematic or give your um give your customer false information um you know if i think that from the the um agent perspective um uh, a tool that i thought was pretty helpful that i would really love to use um is one that kind of predicts like here's what the person here's what we think the person is asking here's the um here's what we could suggest to them So it does kind of allow you to still have that hands on like you're interacting with a human but the human doesn't have to sit there and think like what was the you know what's our policy around um you know returns or a happiness guarantee or um you know they they brought up multiple points like I think that if somebody is emailing you and they've got three different questions sometimes it's kind of easy to not see one or two of those questions if they're kind of hidden within um or being able to provide a proactive support opportunity um you know being able to address something else that's a little bit more personalized so with some of the um some of the features of tools that i've seen they can kind of offer suggestions for the agent to say you know this is this is the tone of the person this is kind of where we think that they are um and these are the things that they're looking to solve and just making sure that that is exactly you know what it is that's the story that's happening as we continue to use ai um you know i have no doubts that it will become it will evolve and become a little bit more um tuned for how we're using it so um it which it will only improve but it's only as good as um you know what we put into it and then how we kind of measure like was this a good thing was it bad or do we want to re regenerate what this um what this message means uh and just make sure that we do our due diligence of of offering like that intuitive eye that we that only a human can replicate but um yeah i think on the agent side um, um i was talking to another founder who was suggesting that can and it probably will happen soon is can the ai um, based on the conversation suggest questions that the agent could potentially ask to like discover the root cause uh, of the issue right um yeah. which is what we do like typically when when 
a customer reaches out, we're trying to understand what are they trying to accomplish and you know how are, how are they trying to do it or where are they struggling with. Um, yeah, it's wonderful to see like, tools that help uh, really assist uh, on those aspects. And I think um, yeah, we, we, we see more opportunity on uh, AI helping the existing team do better right, uh, rather than yes. eliminating um, the role itself, right, I think uh, it's these tools help existing people, like, you know, do things faster and better, and that's, uh, um, you know, will be interesting to see how Grade 24 evolves around. Um, Absolutely, and just onboarding in general, you know, for, for new teams, if you're trying to bring someone in and train them, um, you know, and, and you did hire when it hurt, <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of hard to play that game of like, you kind of got to, you got to make sure that all the customers are, are getting handled within an SLA, but then you're also onboarding like a new, um, a new team, teammate. So how do you balance, you know, kind of getting them up to speed? Um, and and I, th- I think AI is a great tool and opportunity for that. No, totally. I think the ramp up time, um, it, it, you know, AI definitely has a huge impact on on that, right? And uh, no, we see that across all customer facing roles. I think it will be uh, implemented very soon. Um, which brings me to the next section. Let's say, like you know, in the age of AI, especially like for those aspiring to be customer support leaders, what skills um, and qualities do you believe are needed? Like, you know, um, does it change from what it was before? Are there new things that they should uh, be looking at? Um, what are some thoughts around that? Um, I mean, I think that the qualities that kind of come to my mind, and, and it's really just one strong word, which is just curiosity. Um, you know, what what are you curious about? What do you want to know about? And just following, you know, your intuition of... of um, you know, how would this work? What does this do? And just asking a lot of questions about it and asking other people about their, um, their insights and how they use the tools. Um, you know, if there's, I, I think that that's just the, yeah, I can't think of any other, <laughs> any other kind of personalities aside from just be really curious about it. Um, and, and open-minded and, um, you know, you'll, you'll know like where, where your boundaries are and where something kind of makes sense for your team, your growth in your company, um, you know, and talk to other people within your company about, uh, about implementing some of those things too. But so, yeah, I think it's, I think that's what I would have to say about that. <laughs> Got it. And any suggestions on um, internally, how to get like the entire organization thing from a support cost lens, like, you know, what's worked, um, to get like you know the stakeholders to actually support more more and more um, uh, what's worked for you before. Um, so what's worked for me always, and I, I think that this kind of comes with the territory of um, you know working in customer front facing roles is uh, building relationships. So that really you know it's it's kind of hard to get buy in and and have a lot of discussions if you don't have a lot of um, building experience building relationships within your own company um, and, and just functions in general. So, um, you know, doing, having some work conversations, but also just kind of having, you know, uh, the conversation of like, what are their needs? What are your other, um, what are the other needs of other departments in your company? And how can 
you would build a mutual, mutually beneficial relationship where, um, you know, they, they get something back from the support team too. And, and then you can kind of build upon from there. So having a positive rapport with one another or um, just having a really good understanding of, of where everybody kind of needs information to do, um, to do their jobs and, and, you know, continue to grow the company. And um, that's, that's like the, the most core important element of that to, I think, to be able to communicate what your needs are, where you need buy-in, um, where you need some help and assistance and be, um, be perceptive and, and learn from other teams. You know, I, I, I know that so many, um, so many teams can kind of feel like, you know, no, nobody understands support. Um, you know, I, again, I've worked both sides. I worked in marketing and I worked in support. So I know what is expected of, um, you know, from the marketing team. And I think that that's really helped play into a lot of the relationship building that I've done with um, the marketing teams and sales teams that I've worked with in the past. And then being able to kind of say like, you know, we all have a, we all have a goal here, which is serving our customers and, and bringing, you know, making sure that they're happy and bringing in more. Um, so how do we kind of get there? And what are the things that all of us need to have in place in order to do that? And is there something that we can help provide to communicate to one another that will help us get to that goal? Um, I know that in a lot of those candid conversations I've had with marketing teams in the past, um, there just may not be a complete understanding of, of what you're trying to accomplish or where, um, you know, support teams where your limits are, because um, not every team runs 24-7 support. Not every SLA is within, you know, one minute for chat or, you know, um, an hour for emails. Like sometimes it's, it can be a little bit longer. So making sure that there's a communication and setting the expectation of um, what you're trying to accomplish, what your goals are, and, and in a way that um, makes sense for them too. And that also just may be a conversation of like, you know, what makes sense <laughs> for you and, and, and being able to kind of get on the same page together. Um, so yeah, I think that's been the, the, the recipe for my success um, in communicating with other teams. Awesome. Yeah. I think um, also data, um, you know, often plays a core part when, you know, you, you can take insights to the marketing team, for example, like, you know, discussing goals and, and you're able to share some insights, which the marketing might not have um, because you are closest to the customers in terms of day-to-day -day interactions, uh, especially the ones who really care, like, and are willing to reach out to support teams. Uh, I think that those are the best customers because they, they really want to accomplish something with the product. Um, right. And, yeah. uh, or they have a feedback and, and those insights are always valuable for marketing teams or business teams, uh, um, because that, you know, um, we did this exercise with our team, like to understand like what are, what should be our value prop, what should we be communicating and some of the support insights help us, um, understand the core pain points. What do people care about? Exactly. Yep. Couldn't have said it any better myself. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think like, you know, one last question on this, like based on um, uh, your own journey and experience, right? Like for anyone who's starting out in in the customer support field, what would be your broad advice? Like, you know, how to get started, um, where to look out for support and um, 
how how did you go about doing it what's your advice for others yeah um as someone who you know i w- i was kind of tasked with like how do we kind of replicate ourselves to becoming like the next zappos and having our support be like almost a product of itself um those were the two main goals that i was given and so i kind of just worked back forth from there and i thought okay what what do i not know <laughs> and how do i kind of get there and how do i how do i make sure that um you know, I'm able to kind of keep moving these knobs and dials into the right direction in order to accomplish these things. And I was, um, I just, you know, put down, made questions all the time and just thought like, okay, I, I just want to find the answer to this or I want to learn whatever it is. Um, and I think some of the things as, as people who work in support teams, um, you know, we kind of may take some things for granted, especially if you're like have a strong, um, if you're a strong empath and knowing that, um, you know, it's okay to kind of read through something and think like, Oh, doesn't everybody do this? Like that's probably been the, the biggest thing that I've learned in the last, even in the 10 years, um, is I've always made assumptions of how I've interpreted or how I've predicted things to, you know, for everybody to kind of, um, think and, I've had to kind of humble myself in, in, in thinking like, no, it's okay. Just kind of start from the basics and, and don't make assumptions. Just kind of ha- follow those facts and make sure that you, um, you know, it, it actually is a truth and you can kind of follow that and learn from it. Um, networking has been the biggest thing that I've done in the last 10 years. I joined Support Driven back in 2015 um, and I've made some really wonderful relationships with other people who have worked in, um, in similar roles as, as myself and being able to kind of learn from my peers. And then also having, um, learning the differences, like, you know, if there's a big, huge company that's got 2000 people in support, um, initially I would have probably thought like, oh, that's, that's completely outside the scope of where I've worked before, but there's always something to kind of learn and glean from other leaders or, um, you know, even other people who are working on the front lines and being able to kind of take those lessons learned and being able to apply it to my future teams for how I manage people. So I think just um, being really open and, and receptive to absorbing what you can uh, and learning and then just finding other people who have a common interest and can kind of help answer some of the questions of things that you want to know a little bit more about or that you want to help solve for your own, um, you know, for your own findings. Awesome. Thanks so much, Brittany. Um, learned a lot in this conversation and hope you had fun as well. Um, we move into the last, last section, which is like a rapid fire round. So, um, I have three questions. One is what's your favorite book that's, that you're reading? (laughs) Oh, um, not that I'm reading currently, but this, this book just always, anytime somebody asks me what my favorite book is, um, it's the power of habit by Charles Duhigg. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, you know, I picked it up at an air, of course, I picked it up in the airport one day and just plowed through it. And, and I think that it's, um, it's a really good book kind of on self-reflection, but I've also reread it a couple of times from like, um, you know, what would my customers be like in this situation and, and kind of applying it in different ways. So I think that that book, um, 
you, it gives some really great examples, um, you know, of why, why we do what we do and the reward systems that we kind of have um, in our, in our minds of, they kind of keep us connected to doing those things and or repeating those um, behaviors or tasks. And uh, I think that, you know, one kind of like a self productivity book, but also um, really good on, on just learning about how other people think. <laughs> That's really good. Um, uh, I really like that you were thinking of how your customers might be in that situation uh, through the book. That, that's a great hack. Uh, you mentioned that you use a lot of productivity tools. So what's your favorite productivity hack? Um, this one's pretty simple. It's just my calendar. <laughs> if it doesn't live on my calendar, it's very hard for it to happen. So I just make sure, um, you know, if I'm making an appointment and I will pull out my phone, I will go ahead and put it in there. If I have a friend who, you know, wants to make dinner plans, put it in my calendar, send an invite, then, you know, it, ex it exists someplace. It, it's going to happen. Um, if I didn't live by my calendar, I don't think that uh, a lot of things would would get checked off of my list. <laughs> Lovely. And and lastly, what's your what's your mantra for this year? I think it'd be to keep learning. You know, I, I think that that's one. It served me really well to to get me where I am, and and two, like, um, I'm always curious. I'm always wanting to to advance myself and and just learn a lot. So I think that I would just be, you know, keep learning, stay curious. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Brittany. This was wonderful. Um, and wishing you the best mm -hmm. for 2024. Thank you. You too. I'll, I'll just pause the recording. <laughs>